It's just like throwing throwing meat to a killer whale. You know that? Who's the killer whale? And you're the killer whale. <laughs> you're the killer whale, dude. Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. I think we got a good one. You always hear this from us, but... but God damn but, it, it's good. But it's good. It's good. And it's a basic thing. It is. We've been rambling about sort of esoteric stuff of late and, you know, coaching and management and leadership and blah, 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 blah. But this one... This is brass tacks. This is brass tacks. This is where the rubber hits the road, <laughs> boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure I can continue. Metacasters, this is this is this is why video needs to be a thing. Just to see the look on Bob's face when he said the rubber hits the road. The rubber hits the road. It was glorious. It was indeed. So oh, yeah, so we are talking about starting a backlog. Starting a backlog. Okay. Starting from starting from so it's a basic topic. Yep. Real relevant, real practical. Uh, people do this. I talk in the Metacast about a client that I'm working with, potential client that I'm working with now, and that's one of the first things we talk about is you're not ready until you have a backlog. Right. So good Metacast. Hopefully you get something out of it. Uh, and, and it's not just for newbies. So so people, Agile teams are constantly creating and refining yep. backlogs yep. for new projects, new initiatives. You just got acquired by mm-hmm. the Trump administration, and you have to do some new software. Oh, yeah, and Bob compares me to Donald Trump in this episode. Do I? Yeah. Yeah. You do. So, buckle up, folks. <laughs> so, yeah, and I need to apologize, Josh. No, you don't. That was over the line. No, no, no trust me. It, it was over the line. That was fine. So, what other announcements? Uh, Metacasters, I'm, this is a conference season. So, Bob is everywhere. So, next week, uh, which is... Uh, second week in March. I'm going to be at Star East. May. 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 <laughs> God, I'm, I'm in Bobland uh, in May. So uh, next week I'll be in uh, Orlando. Uh, then I'm going to be in Toronto at a, a Business Analysis World and Project Management. Oh, my God. Project Managers. Traditional Project Manager World in Toronto. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to do a brain swap. Bless your heart. Bless my little heart. Uh, then you and I later That's in right. June. In June, we're going to be in Vegas. We're going to be in Vegas hold together. It, hold it. We're going to be in Vegas, baby. <laughs> yes, baby. <laughs> we're going to be in Vegas. Uh, yeah. So speaking of that, we're going to be in Vegas. Speaking where? Uh, Agile West. Agile Agile Software Development or Better Agile Development Conference. Practices Better Software Techwell Conference in uh, Caesar's Palace. Yes. Yep. And if you'd like to go there. And you'd like to save two hundred dollars? Oh, we have discount coupons. We can help you make that happen. We have coupies, yeah. So, yeah. So we you got so use the code CAST C A S T, and you save two hundred dollars. Two hundred big ones, and then when you save that, you can send maybe a hundred of that to Josh. So listeners, listen, we we are saving you money on a way to come see us yes. live and in person. Yep. And we're doing casts out there, I think. Yep. Yep. And we're yep. going to do peanut butter. We're going to do a co presentation. Peanut butter and jelly and football. I can't. I can't think of a better value 
and you're working right. on a brand new set of slides. We're going to unveil these suckers. These are going to be artsy, fartsy. They are. They're going to be wonderful. They are. They We're are not even going to have to talk because the slides are going to talk for us. They are not going to be straight out of the 70s. Which are my current slides. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I didn't say that. I teed that up for you, what, Why did you say that? Well, what? the pressure's on, though, dude. Fine, fine, yeah, fine, yeah. Step fine. up to the plate, bucko. All right, what else? Uh, any advertisements, Josh? No, that's we, it. Cast, right? The, so, TechWell. TechWell is now a sponsor oh, of the Metacast. That's right. So, that $200 savings is for you. It's Absol- for our listeners. Absolutely. Come see us. That's right. In Las They're Vegas. sponsors. And that's a wonderful sponsor. I've been doing, I've been working with TechWell since like uh, 1998 or nine or something. So, a long time. So, uh, they they they're a great conference provider, training provider. So they're a good partner for us. Yeah, absolutely. That's the first national conference I ever spoke at. So they hold a special place in my heart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they took you in. They did when when no one else would do they it. They were willing to take a chance on this a chance, crazy kid. This crazy kid from Akron, Ohio. Are you from Akron? I am from beautiful Akron. Ohio. Did I guess it right? Yes. I knew it was in Ohio, but I was I was winging it on the cities. <laughs> Cool. Yes. Cool. Tire Town, right? Uh, not anymore. Not anymore? Used to be. Used to be Tire Town. Yeah, All right. Used to be. All right. That's, that's the problem. So, uh, Medicare, give us... Uh, feedback, 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 feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Get the word out. We are starting to dominate stuff. I'm getting stopped more and more frequently with people who are listening to the Medicast and getting value. And it's helping them in their Agile lives. So we're out there helping people to do Agile better. We're trying our little hardest. And that happens that. because you share. Right? Absolutely. So you, so you tell a friend, you post on Twitter, you share on Facebook, you put it on Reddit, anywhere. Every share you get, every review you give helps somebody else discover the value that you got from the Metacast. And from our, our, and from our podcast network as well, yeah. right? So it's not just about us. We have a like-minded group that are basically making a difference in the Agile world. Absolutely. Are we done? We got to ship it on that. So let's go over. Let's kick you over to the Metacast and and pay attention because you're going to learn something about backlogs. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Hooray. We started. (laughs) We we were able to start, Josh. (laughs) One of these days we're going to have a start that like flows right into something of value for our listeners instead of... Some jibber-jabber. What are you saying? Are you saying, like, our friendly little voices are, have no value? Oh, they have value. I eventually. Mean, I, I listen to the Medicast occasionally. I yeah. love listening to your little chirpy voice. It's so you just, get, like, 30 seconds of enjoyment out of the Medicast? Uh, yeah, maybe about 45 <laughs> or so. Shut up. You know what? What? It is not as one-sided as you think it is sometimes. My friend, have people stopped my, you? My colleague, have, my friend. Have people stopped you at conferences? To discuss this topic? No. You are a liar. I might be. <laughs> I might be lying. Has someone very near No, actually, I'm heart? not. No, I'm not lying. No. My, my wife busts my chops about <laughs> it all the time, but, but that doesn't count. So the person you know and love and trust the most? Her guidance, her wisdom, <laughs> her thoughtfulness, yes. Her balance in her life. All right, all right, all right. No, but I don't get, I actually don't get stopped. You know what? I've Listeners, got, I am disappointed. I've gotten stopped lately, though. We have more people out there listening to us and catching up than you, you believe. I'm getting more. It's happening. So over the weekend, I was at Big Apple. Monday, I was at Big Apple Scrum Day. Mm-hmm. Then over the weekend, Agile Coach Camp in New York. 
Then last week, where was I? I was in Chicago the week before. Everything's blend. It's a blur. I've been traveling a lot. But uh, I'm running into at the coach camp. Mm-hmm. Ran into a Metacast uh, appreciators. Sweet. Yeah. Well, good. They even had a chart there, and I put our, our, you know, like podcast you listen to. So I put the Metacast up there for the coach camp. So we're we're we continue, or at least I continue to get you know hear people and positive feedback, Josh. Always. Yeah, that's good. And they always talk about the balance of the words coming back to center. That is bullcrap. That is true. They say, you know, they like no. Yeah. I don't believe it. I don't it's buy it. It's an incredibly balanced between you and Josh. <laughs> yeah. We're going to test that out today. So what's the topic today? So the topic today is starting a backlog, Start. getting the backlog rolling. And this is this is front and center in my mind because I'm in day, you know, month and one day. So I've been here, we'll say, 32 days. So that's like Trump time. That's like Trump. the first 100 days. That stopped him in his tracks, Metacaster. It was like it was like a gun. I just shot him. He froze. Yeah, it's exactly like that. So you're trying to accomplish some key things during yeah. your first hundred yeah. days. Yeah. No. And so yesterday, the thing I actually tweeted about, and I was really excited, the fact that we have a roadmap for six months backed by backlogs. And that's something as I look back in my first 30 days, I'm really proud of that we went from having no backlog. We, we had stories in lists, but it wasn't prioritized and refined and planned to where people could pick it off the top of the list and go. Right. We didn't have a roadmap of where, of where we were going. And, and luckily I'd been down that path a few times. I knew how to jumpstart it and get it going. But I expect there's a lot of people out there that are just starting their, their journey or want to start their journey. And the first thing is, how do I get a healthy backlog? How do I make that happen? How do I get started? Cause it's daunting, right? To look at it like, holy crap, there's all these things. How do I get them sorted? How do I write a good story? How do I get sizes on them? What do I do? How do I kickstart right. this thing so we can actually become a little bit agile? I have a, we're quoting Synergy and I are quoting a client in Toronto. Right now, so we haven't. They're probably going to sign, but they haven't signed yet. But we're talking about the phasing of agile. So it's mm-hmm. a greenfield agile organization, right. and um, so step one is meeting with the leaders and talking about teams and things like that. Like, do we, you know, cross functional teams, uh, and not trying to dictate that, but they're moving from a traditional work structure to an agile work structure and things like you know, scrum masters and product owners. They have to find them mm-hmm. or declare them. And the second thing. We're talking about before we start. So this is before you start sprinting. You need to sort through your teams in some way, and then you need to create backlogs per team. Mm-hmm. Right? You need product owners that work with the teams, and, and, and the emphasis was that. So it's exactly the same to your point. It's one of those early, early things. It's a pet peeve of mine. I don't, I don't like it when folks start sprinting and not have a backlog right. or have a very, very sort of loosely defined set of things. And haven't put any thought into it. I, I'd rather they pause for a little while, a little while, mm-hmm. and get a backlog together. So what is? So that's the question. What does that look like? So story brain, story brainstorming workshops. You familiar with that? You know, Mike Cohn has that notion. Like I usually, if I have no backlog, my preference is to throw a product owner in a room mm-hmm. and the team in a room, mm-hmm. and to just say we're going to write stories. Right. Now, you need some high-level vision of what the hell you're building, right? So you need something. It could be screenshots. It could be an existing system that we're going to upgrade mm-hmm. or something like it could be some architectural models. It could be some wireframes, but something. So you need to seed the meeting with something. You can't just wave your hands. Right. 
but really then get everyone and write as many stories as possible. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to actually get story happy. Right. Uh, they don't have to be perfect. So when I'm coaching a team, I'm like, I don't care about as a, I want so that initially it's like get stuff on post-it notes. Let's get it on the wall so we can start munching it and we can start digesting it. That's my preferred way to sort of start creating. It's more collaborative. Sometimes product owners will see the backlog before that, right? They'll write a few stories. It's almost like the mission and vision, but I want them to stop writing as soon as they can and then get it in front of the team. How do you resonate with that? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a crash course, right? You have to go from nothing to something, and the best way to do that is swarming. So let's all swarm around the problem. We all need to know and understand the problem we're trying to solve and how we're going to attack it, the way we're going to break it down. So let's swarm around the problem. Let's build the backlog. And they're not going to be perfect, right, just like you said, but let's at least get the party started. Yeah. The other thing is, which is different from Waterfall, is in Waterfall, it was very requirement. So there were these phases, right? Mm -hmm. You had the requirement phase, which was separate from the planning phase, which was separate from design, which was separate from execution, uh, Waterfall. Um, in story writing workshops, I actually want people to be thinking about those things together. So it's not just a requirement thing. Like if you were writing a story and you're like, oh, this has a dependency to this, to this component. Well, you could articulate that somehow, mm -hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or if this story needs an architectural spike, well, then you'd write that story, which is an architecture design activity. So while you were doing story brainstorming, I think one of the advantages of Agile is you're, you're visualizing the whole, but you're doing all these threads through it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? You're not, you're not say, taking it serially. You're trying, like, I, I like it when the team talks about, like, uh, what stories fit together. Mm -hmm. What would be beneficial to put, it would be beneficial for us to build this set of things together. Mm -hmm. uh, and then to do it. And if that happens, it, it's a higher priority than something else. So do you see the same thing? So it's not just requirement writing. It's, I think it's a little bit more than that. Yeah, it, it, it's, it just gets to an understanding of an aligned vision, right, of, of, of let's really break down how we're going to solve this problem. And it's tough because you want to separate the what from the how, right? And when you get engineers writing stories, you're, you're naturally going to get into more of the how. So you're going to have to fight that with that of, of, of what are the problems we're solving? And then you start to get the engineers in there of what's the right order to solve these problems in and start, and start to stack those up. I don't mind a little how. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in agreement with you. So I'm not disagreeing with you. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is I actually like a little bit of the how to emerge. Like Josh, you and I look at each other and like, we're the two guys that need to work on this. Right. Right. And everyone looks at us and like, you're, right, you're absolutely right. It's a no brainer. We, yeah. can, you know, we're not deciding early, but we're saying, you know, we're going to work on it. And, and then everyone knows that we're going to work on that. So they need to work on something else. Right. Mm -hmm. Or we're starting to delineate. So we're starting to talk about the execution dynamics. I'm not saying we're pre sprint planning. Right. But, but we're just like figuring it out. We're game planning, maybe. We're strategizing or we're game planning off the backlog. And traditional requirements never did that. It was strictly, it was strictly sort of the what, mm -hmm. right? Because it, you weren't allowed to explore the how. It was like this boundary. Right. You yeah. had to sign off on the what, all of the what before you could go. And, and in agile, I, that's what I like about that. Now, to your point, engineers have this tendency. Mm -hmm. To want to get to want to get into the weeds all the right. time, so as a facilitator, you sort of have to pull them out. But I try to run that balance to allow, particularly in a story brainstorming workshop, and mm -hmm. particularly like high level sort of design discussions, 
uh, UX design, system design, I don't squash that right away. Right. I, I might allow some of that to happen. Yeah, the one thing that that, that stuck with me, um, you came in and did a couple training sessions with us at the Dude, and you you phrased a story as something as it's a promise for a conversation that that's what it is and 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 don't try and get it 100% right because if you do that the returns on the time to get there is very very low so that's the thing that's really stuck with me is that it's about that conversation in the refinement session later exactly. It's, exactly. it's not about the 45 words you put on a sticky right it's about this is enough to spark the discussion to let us discover the things we need to discover to build this the right way it's one of the hardest things, I mean, to, to this day, and I mean, this is what I do for a living. So, I mean, I, I coach teams a yeah. lot, a lot of new teams, and just teams struggle with that notion because they want to they want to flesh everything out mm -hmm. right up front. Uh, we've waterfall. We've done a good job of beating re traditional requirements into people's brains. Right. Well, and folks are so scared about getting something wrong and exactly. missing something, exactly. and then the paranoia of that they get frozen. Or perfectionism, or paranoia, or before they get it, before they can quote an estimate, they have right. to, they have to get this feeling that we know everything, even though in their hearts they know that they never know everything. Mm -hmm. uh, but really having folks fall back to that conversation. I use this term, you probably heard me in the workshop, and I get, I get all kinds of crap about this in classes, but 70%, I want a story to enter a sprint at about 70% clarity. Mm -hmm. It's not the number, it's, it's the, the it's the fact that the number is less than a hundred. Right, right? Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm communicating. It's not ninety nine. Yeah. It's not ninety nine. Yeah. There's a there's thirty percent. So like a third of it is questions to be answered in the sprint. Mm -hmm. Is sort of what I'm saying. And people look at me like I'm from Mars. For God's sakes, it's like we 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 just can't do that. Well, but think about where we came from with waterfall, and you had those charts of the cost of change the further down the process that you get and how if you figure something out in requirement requirements or design, you save a million dollars versus if you find it in testing. You know, so that's to your point, like you said, it's been beaten into our brains so hard that we, we, we have to work to break out of that. And and it's 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 the art. The other thing that I keep coming back to um that we it's it's not really directly related to this discussion so a little bit is that software engineering uh, is not engineering. It's it's an art form. I want to write a blog post about that. It's creative. It's an artistic mm -hmm. process. It's a creative process. Uh, and, and because it's creative, it's really hard to predict in advance 100%. It would be like Picasso pre-planning a picture. Right. Like, like you know, the filling, you know, this whole picture. You can, like, <laughs> yeah. color in. Color by number. Color yeah. by numbers. Yeah. It's like Picasso, he plans the color by numbers and then he colors it. Um, it's it's not. It's an emergent process. It's a creative. It's an experimental process. Mm -hmm. Well, how the heck? Do you do that? And, and there's, a, we've said, you know, so software engineering, right? Electrical engineering, software, mechanical engineering. We have this notion that we're the same as bridge builders. And I really don't think that analogy is correct. Right. I know we have engineering, right? I'm not saying we're artists and we can do whatever the hell we want, but there is a no, it, it's really hard to sort of get it right without doing it. Do you mm -hmm. know? That, that's what Agile is trying to do is, is have the definition, but also have this iterative. We talk about it, then we do some. We talk mm -hmm. about it, then we do some. We talk about it, then we do some. Oh, we did it. We learned something. Oh, that's going to affect what we're doing. 
That's the 70%. That's, that's the agile requirement. We're trying to get emergent understanding based on execution, right? Right. So folks have that trouble with agile in stories, but also with architecture, right? Of that emerging architecture, emerging design of trying to get to that perfect. This is this, these are the 85 services we're going to need. This is the exact database structure we're going to need. These are all the, these are the 35 layers that we're going to have to have of, of when you focus on that, you, you end up losing sight it's of the engin- solving the it's business It's the engineering, problem, right? yeah. and you're solving the technical aspects. I remember I used to do, if you ever saw Unix, you were, you've used Unix. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see like some of the number of switches on the command line? Yeah. Right? There's like a thousand switches. And, and I'd love to see like a little histogram of what gets actually used right. by normal human beings. And I guarantee you it's not every freaking yeah. switch. And there's a lot of redundancy. What that says is engineers, good-hearted, bright, freaking, you know, wizards mm-hmm. created it, and they were trying to anticipate all usage models. And some of them they anticipated greatly, right? And some of them they just blew it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's okay. But, but what if we didn't do that? Mm-hmm. What if we just iterated and, and if someone asked for something, we gave it? And that's not how that always evolved, mm-hmm. right? And you've seen that with architecture. I, I worked at Lucent years ago, and we we had a function called system. Some actually, this client in Toronto does hardware, and they have a systems engineering mm-hmm. group. Guess what system engineering does? Pre architecture, and their goal they're not done until it's a hundred percent defined. Guess how many lines of code are created? Zero. Zero. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Zero. That sounds just completely impossible. Exactly. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with them getting it wrong. Right. I mean, that's that's what I would expect to have happen. Mm-hmm. But they but they're not doing that. So so that that's that the backlog refinement bringing it back to center. Uh, I think it's the emergent nature of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say you know story brainstorming and then have really really frequent backlog refinement sessions. Yeah. Right. So you get so have crappy stories. Get lots of them. Get all of the nuance, as much nuance as you can. Get a huge chunk of that. So work on that. Mm-hmm. And you can do that for a greenfield project or you could do that for a maintenance project. Yep. Right? It's a little easier for a maintenance project because you may have a reference uh, point. In a greenfield, it's a little harder sometimes. But do the story brainstorming. And, and it's not a one-hour or two-hour thing. You might take a week. Intermittent right. meetings. Leave the sticky notes on a wall. Leave mm-hmm. them up for a while. Mm-hmm. And until this team like poops out and says, "Ah, we think we got it." That's that's quote unquote everything. Cool. Right. Now you start looking at it. This is where story mapping comes in, right? Value mapping can come in. Uh, you start doing slicing. You start doing release planning because now that that'll actually add and deletes and change the story mix and things like that. Uh, and that's part of the backlog refinement. And I think you start then you start sort of going through it as a a pyramid or whatever you start with the higher priority things yeah. and you start refining those. Well, yeah. So, so I've been here <clears throat> a month, right. And we, luckily we had some folks come in and we did the story brainstorm. So we had these stack of stickies and we knew what they were, but we needed to turn them into real stories. So we, we started doing that, but we started refinement. So we actually were, we're doing two hour refinement sessions twice a week. We just now are at the point where we found out we couldn't actually make it two hours. So we went down to like an hour and a half and then an hour just because folks would just get pooped out. Right. So, okay, we got that. We're getting there. We're making a difference. And we are now finally at a point where we can back it off to once a week. But you're, but you're working your backlog. You've right. created your backlog. Yeah. Now you're refining it. I mean, right. that's the term you're refining it. Right. And so the, 
the target I have is that at all times we have two to three sprints worth of work fully refined and ready to go. When I started, we had zero, right? So it was just in time planning. That first, that first sprint was just in time planning of, okay, here's the things we know. Let's go do it. Right. But at least it got us going. And then that, that, that refinement. And when you start, you have to really, really invest in refinement. Absolutely. Because you're going from zero to 60 and it takes time until you get to 60 and you have that momentum where you can just keep it rolling, right? You have to really put the accelerator down and work extra hard to get to that coasting point. And now after a month, we're finally at the coasting point. But now you have that backlog. Yeah. I mean, from my point of view, you've achieved what I would be wanting that client I was talking about to achieve mm-hmm. uh, or to, for them to get too quickly that, like, we have this balanced look ahead going on. Why don't we talk about, so this is the story writing part. Let's bring in estimation. And some mm-hmm. people do high-level estimation, like T-shirt sizing for epics. So the initial uh, story brainstorming workshop. You know, you might do high-level estimates so people feel they don't get wrapped around the axle in estimating. And then as you go into refinement, you have more finely-grained estimates. Uh, do you do you feel, I mean, estimation, good, bad, does that help with the refinement process, et cetera? Um, so let's bring estimation into the... To event. me, it's, it's, it's the culmination of the refinement process. To me, what you're doing is you're refining the stories to get to a point where the team is comfortable to throw a size at them. To me, that's that's the end goal is out of every refinement session, how many stories are now sized that weren't before? And that's that's really what I look for. Um, and it's always scary to start, right? So no one knows. And what I end up doing is I draw the 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, right? And we just pick a story and we say, this is a 5 because this is in the middle. Yep. And let's, don't, let's not even talk about it. This one's a 5. Okay, let's talk about the next one. Is it bigger or smaller than that one? Right. And then start to do the binary sort type thing. Like, okay, now now we have a 21. We know what that looks like. Yep. So now is this bigger than this one and smaller than so that one? So you're using references, so referenceability. And right. You're, and you're, and you're, well, you're creating reference stories based on right. relative sizing, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it's pick one that looks kind of average and yep. say, okay, this is an eight or this is a five. Yep. And then as the subsequent stories come up, say, okay, is it bigger and smaller than this? Yep. And then eventually you start to fill in the population of all of the sizing numbers that you roll with. I so, mean, independent of that, I think you nailed it. What I was looking for is what you said initially, which is um, it's, it's almost like the qualifier for a story. So we write words on a piece of paper or mm-hmm. a sticky note. Uh, initially the team will not want to estimate it because it's not, we don't have enough knowledge. Right. So now we have conversations around it till we get comfortable mm-hmm. to throw a number. Yep. It's not the final number. It's a number. Mm-hmm. So going through that exercise of getting your questions answered to the point where you can throw a high level number mm-hmm. is really bad. The number then is driving the clarity, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where I think. So back to back, you know, grooming. And, and getting a backlog, I think you want to bring estimation in, not for estimation's sake. It's just like the conversation's most important part. Right. The the numbers drive the conversation, yep. right? Right, because it's like, okay, are you ready to estimate this? And then you're like, well, no, I'm not. So then you start asking more exactly. questions, and it drives that discussion. Exactly. And and if you're using high-level units, then you have high-level questions. And if you have finely grained units, then you'll, it'll drive down into that 70% or whatever that right. I was talking about. Yeah. But I, I, I think you need to force yourself. That's, if estimates at this in Agile at this level 
are more conversation drivers and clarity drivers and understanding drivers mm -hmm. than I think of them as numbers I'm going to put in a Gantt chart. I don't think of them that way, right? I think of the numbers as being, you know, a means to an end, right. which is clarification. So don't be shy about that. And you're not being shy about it. So it's like you jump into that stuff. The other thing is do it iteratively, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I haven't heard this for a while, but you know, years, a few years ago, someone was like, you know, we get one shot to estimate our stories or our epics. And once you, once you throw a number, it will never change it. Right. And I was like, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever, I mean, I didn't say it quite that way, but that was it. That's a stupid thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, give the team a chance. Because if you think about it, we're asking all these questions, we're drilling into it, we're getting more clarity. Oh, but, but, but once we, once we mention eight, we can't get off yeah. of the eight or right. something, right? Uh, and then the, the splitting. The other nice thing with estimation is it drives it drives design. I think numbers drive not just questions around the story, but they drive thinking around design. They mm -hmm. drive thinking around decomposition. They drive it's it's a twenty, but then we might have the it might naturally go into that. What if we split it? What would what would it look like if we split it in thirds? Mm -hmm. And and the twenty is driving that. And it's like a 10 or a 13, 8, 8 or something. It doesn't have to add up to 20. But now we start, the number drives the decomposition, right? Right. And, and the sequencing of that. Oh, and we need to do the 8 first or the 5 first to set the stage. Uh, so I, I like the numbers coupling. Metacasters, that's really my point. Don't just write stories. Go through this iterative refinement. Write a lot of them. Talk about them. Clarify them. And let the estimates drive your your way through those things. Right. It, it's a conversation finisher, right? It, it, the, the story starts the conversation and then driving towards getting that estimate on it. That's when you really finish the conversation by drawing out the nitty gritty things that people need to understand before they're comfortable putting an initial size on it. So those, those are the things of that's, that's how you work through it, right? You have the 70% story kicks it off and then the estimation closes it. And now we're ready to pull news yep. and go. Have you have you implemented the notion of ready here? I'm th I was just thinking as as we're as this discussion that in a place like this, you're new, you're creating a new backlog. It would be a pristine place to sort of create a readiness criteria checklist mm -hmm. to sort of make sure that the stories are getting uh, what matured. Have you have you done that? We don't have about that. No, yeah, no. It, it's um, myself and our uh, product owner here just kind of work on building the stories together and get them. And I have a. We kind of have it, right? So in Jira, I've got a status that is ready for refinement. So we've done enough ourselves. We're at the 70% point where we think we're ready to put it in front of the team. Yeah. And so it's, it's not documented. So you guys, are, so you guys are pre doing stories yeah. before you. Now that's dangerous, right? If you, if you guys cook that a lot, then it's disengaging the team. So not that I would ever. What do you mean? I actually don't like pre-cooking, like having Josh and the PO pre-cook the stories to 70%. I'm going to pick on your language. Ooh. We pre-cook the stories. Okay. We, we sit down in our infinite wisdom and cook the stories. And then when they get good enough, we present them to the team. I'd almost say... I don't think it's... To me, good enough is not the answer. Right? I'm trying not to get defensive here. So so it's it's that I think there's enough that they know what the heck we're talking about. Okay. Right. Like to me, that's the, that's the criteria of can, can we put this in front of the team and there's not a bazillion questions, but a bazillion, but, but a bazillion might not be, 
So I'm challenging you a little okay. bit. I'm just saying, right. lean towards the more. Again, I'm not. I'm pulling back because you're gonna you're gonna hurt me. But <laughs> no, I'm just trying I'm, to figure I'm, out what I'm I can pull, fix. I'm right? pulling back, and I'm saying, I I would want to. My driver would be to get it in front of the team as soon as possible mm-hmm. on a story by story basis. Right. And I wouldn't be shy. I've actually thrown crappy stories in front of teams. Right. Sometimes I'll even write a really bad one to see if they're paying attention. And and literally, I'm not shy about that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they got passionate. Cool. Yeah. They called me a moron. Thank you so much. That's yeah. a, I can hear. Well, at least you're reading. At least you're engaging, or or something. So I, I get the pre cook, but you, it's dangerous. There's this thing. Get them to the team as quickly as possible. Yeah. Right now, the product owner decides what what pre cook is versus that. But I I don't know. It's like let those questions come up. Uh, it even the team learns, and it's like, why are you asking that? You know, pixels. We need to do a pixel a pixelation map at this juncture. Cool. Let's do that for the next eight hours. Mm-hmm. Call your family and tell them to have dinner without you <laughs> because we're going to do a pixelation map. It's, it's so they start learning sort of what's important and when. You know, right. like just they start learning that just notion of just enough, just in mm-hmm. time. Did we cover this? I feel like I feel like we. Again, the goal here is to give someone that's starting Agile, right? And the first thing that you would hear from Bob or myself would be, how's your backlog? Is it ready? Do you have something you can put in front of the team and start going? Because if not, don't get started yet. So this is that standing at the bottom of the mountain of, holy crap, i got to build a backlog. How do I get started? What do I do? So And story brainstorming and get the team engaged. So start writing it from a business point of view, which mm-hmm. is what Josh was really saying when they said they were pre-doing things. That, that, you know, they... You don't want to waste everyone's time. You want to gain their confidence that you have a clue. So there's that. But then get it in front of the team and then start digesting it with the team. And if you didn't hear it, it's an iterative nature. So it's incredibly iterative of meetings, offline, uh, backlog refinement, et cetera. And then what I was bringing up later is have a notion of a readiness checklist, whether it's documented or not, whatever it is, where everyone has an understanding of, what does a good story, what does a story ready for sprint execution look like? What does it feel like? And that's what we're driving for, too. And it's not overly cooked. Oh, so it? see, so I was, I was, to me, there's two levels of readiness. I think that's where we got mixed up is there's a, there's a level of readiness where we think we have some acceptance criteria and the description is not gibberish. Correct. And we can put it in front of the team. I was more so talking about sprint readiness. Okay. Where the team yeah, has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you can even that's put, really done the refinement. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. So, so, so to me, there's two. There's there's the two gates. The the thing the PEO and I are trying to do is let's get it ready to where we can put it in front of the team, uh, and we're comfortable and confident. And I was really talking about the other. I was right. talking about the other one, okay. which says it's 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 just a reminder checklist to the team of the types. It gives them permission to not. Right, because there's in a lot of teams there's this momentum of we got to get it into a sprint as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Right, we need to start working on this. Well, that's true, but make sure that you don't take an undercooked story into the sprint. Yeah, because then the time you tried to save by starting it, you end up wasting. You just you just wasting yeah. it, right? And it's yeah. five times that. So, and and that's actually part of, that's considered an exit criteria from from backlog refinement. Mm-hmm. Plus, it gets the team thinking about discipline. Right? Ah, there's a you know. It gives them permission, for example, to do story spikes. Right. It gives them permission to delay. Right. Oh, we need to we need to talk to a client about this. There's there's actually an ambiguous part of this that's really mm-hmm. important for us to clarify. I think we did it. We did. 
All right. We nailed it. We killed it. So from beautiful uptown Raleigh, <laughs> North Carolina, I'm Bob Gale. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And big. Take care, y'all.